We are hanging out on 94.0 FM with the Halal Hangouts crew. We've got Altaf, who is in the Bahamas right now. If you are yes. listening through your radio waves, you won't know what I'm talking about. But essentially, we are recording this from Zoom. And Altaf's background right now is the lovely Bahamas. How, how's, how's, how's the Bahamas, Taf? Enjoying the it's, weather out there? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a northwesterly breeze. Uh, <laughs> you know, a cool 23 degrees Celsius. And, uh, you know, the waves are looking good. The waves are looking good, yeah. Well, guys, we have a really exciting show for you today we're going to be talking about all the latest news which you've read in the media and it's been plastered everywhere around the um GameStop fiasco um and we're going to be talking from the basics you know what is investing uh the definition i guess of the stock market to give you guys um i guess a a 101 guide to the stock market then we're going to talk about what happened with GameStop. And then we want to talk about halal investments, halal investing, um, and give you our own opinions. We're very, very, um, I mean, we're novices ourselves. We dabble in a bit of uh, investing here and there. You know, we've got a bit of crypto between us, but, you know, we're very much beginners ourselves. So uh, we could talk about some of the learnings um, we've experienced on the way. So, Without further ado, let's get kicked off. I mean, the first thing I guess, Taff, is, you know, people, I guess, get quite confused with how the stock market works in general. Um, and, you know, actually a stock is it's quite a simple thing. It's just, it's just, um, it's actually also known as equity. People know this as equity and they know it as a stock, they know it as a share. It's just um, what we know as a financial instrument. So it means that you have ownership right within a company um, and you have like a proportionate ownership within that company so for example if i have one share of apple i have one share ownership of apple as a company um so that's it i mean it's it's fairly uh, straightforward um and the more shares you own the more ownership you have of that company and this is kind of what we you know refer to as as, as common stock um now What's happened recently is that we've had um, a lot more, I guess you can refer to them as retail investors um, outside of Wall Street, outside of the large hedge funds. You and I, essentially, you know, the, the mum and dad investor, right? <laughs> the ones who sit at home, we download the Robinhood app, we download the tra Trading 212 app, and we make trades through our phone. Or through our laptops we're referred to i guess as a retail investor and there has just been a um extrapolation in the number of retail investors over the years um and because of the accessibility to the stock market you know these these fintech companies have a, have allowed us to access the stock market really quickly and literally buy a stocks at a proportion so not even a full stock, you can buy 25% of a stock, you know, if you're, if you're interested in, because at Amazon, obviously, stocks are really expensive. So if I want an Amazon stock, I can buy a proportion of the Amazon stock and become an owner within the company. And hopefully with the vision to, to make money off the stock market. So um, it's, it's kind of like we've got into this funny place where we've got millions of retail investors 
and we've got the obviously the institutions um who are who are who are you know experts i guess in in um uh, in professional investing and then you've got the non-professionals like us and there was this massive fiasco uh recently around gamestop um gamestop who are a uh, american company they're just a video games um retailer so they they do you know they do consumer electronics they do video games and merchandise etc and they're based in uh, the united states they've got like a footprint across the united states and to be fair they haven't really been doing very well as a business you know they've been shutting lots of stores they're kind of going the way of a toys r us you know um and um and uh you know and 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 as as a result there were really large hedge funds um and you can correct me if i'm keep me honest on this but um there's these huge hedge funds that have essentially um bet against gamestop so they've they've sh what you've called shorted um gamestop shares now shorting just for a quick under uh, explanation of what short selling is it's if I go, if I want to, um, traditionally what you do is, as I explained up front, is you buy a share of GameStop. Okay, let's say you buy a share of GameStop at $10. You're hoping that the value of that share will increase in value. So let's say it increases to, to $12. You've now made $2 profit on your initial investment. With short selling, what you're actually doing is hedging your bet that it, will go the opposite direction. So you're hoping that that $10 share will reduce to $8. And the way that that person or that institution makes money is they actually borrow the shares at $10. They then sell the share at $10 to person X they then buy back that share when it reduces in price to $8 from person X and give it back to the broker or the, um, the lender of the share. And they've made a $2 profit. So in this instance, you've lost the share values reduced, but you've hedged your bet through short selling position and you've made $2. Now imagine doing that at scale. That's what these hedge funds have been doing in Wall Street against GameStop. Now, all these retail investors, um, it actually started within a subreddit account uh, called Wall Street Bets. And there's all these, you and I, the mum and dad investors, these amateur investors who um, literally they call it a yolo investment they rallied together they had four million members who rallied together and started buying gamestop shares and the reason they did that their strategy was to increase the price exponentially really quickly um so that the billion dollar hedge funds melvin capital for example uh, the money that they borrowed through short selling, they they lost that position, and now they're in. You, they, they call it short squeezing. Now they're in huge billion dollar losses. So it's kind of like rising up against the establishment. These amateur investors have rose up against the establishment, 
and you know and and these hedge funds have lost so much money now that's a very very quick explanation of what's happening an oversimplified one probably but taff what do you think about that i mean what's your position on this and yeah it's, it's quite it's, it's it's a very very uh you know it's it's a happy story it gives you a warm fuzzy feeling because you can imagine like evil corp coming along and basically just eyeing up gamestop and saying oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna basically just gonna make loads of money out you we're gonna just tear you down you know um and we we we're, we're we're bigger than you we're stronger than you and we're just gonna you know step on your neck and then you know the little guys all banding together and say no we're not gonna let you do that um and completely just you know flipping the script and evil corp you know collapses hopefully i don't know um but you know that that kind of story it's like a it's almost like a film they're gonna make a film out of this and there's a film called the big short um, based on the 2008, uh, you know, housing crisis in America, the, the financial meltdown, uh, where shorting was happening on, on mortgages. And, and you know, th this will probably be more entertaining because it's a decentralized investment uh, consortium. You can call it that. Like, you know, these people are not, they're not uh, trading. And some people, you know, in the subreddit accounts, they were doing this out of principle. It wasn't, they don't give, they don't care about GameStop. What they care about is, you know, these big corporates bullying people and bullying companies because, you know, GameStop is a real company. There's real people that work there. There's working class people that work there that, you know, they're trying to make a living. And, and by doing this, you could literally bring that company down and, and, you know, make it implode. So um, very sort of uh, encouraging boying uh story to hear that gamestop even people that you know like i know they're talking about gamestop they're talking about all right i'm gonna buy some shares um because they think they can make some money <laughs> not, not because they, they're trying to like you know put you know give the man uh the salute no 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 they're trying trying to make money and that's because like everyone's talking about it right all the financial uh papers all of the newspapers everyone it's everywhere and that's pushing up sort of investment because people, when people hear something, I mean, recently, um, you know, Elon Musk tweeted uh, that you shouldn't use WhatsApp anymore. You should use uh, Signal. And then everyone started buying Signal shares and the Signal share price went through the roof. And it's just that, that sort of people who throw money at things without thinking or just follow the trends or, you know, the hype, um, they that can have a real impact and that comes back to the 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 markets as uh Shaz was talking about earlier it's, it's, it's it is a market it's a something that you you can trade in and and obviously make money and lose money people have lost a huge amount of money in the in in trading and you will lose money there's net there's never going to be a time where like you are every single trade you make is in profit it's, it's not going to happen and you just have to accept that if you're going to get involved um so yeah, this that was a really really interesting story. GameStop, um, it kind of uh, it proves that there's there's a lot of people out there that can make a difference, um, and also you know the the rise of the mum and dad investors. You know they they that's definitely uh, it's true. a positive thing. I mean, one thing that one thing that is causing massive controversy with the GameStop um, uh, fiasco is that um, we have of course 
the uh, brokerages that are involved in this um, and the fintech companies have now, they actually ceased trading. So they halted trading on GameStop shares for, um, I think, five, six times on, on Monday and Tuesday. Um, they, they, they basically stopped allowing you to buy shares in GameStop. Now, what really annoys me about this is that it's supposed to be a free market. Why is it okay that the hedge funds are allowed to essentially short sell and, and cause, you know, companies to collapse, right? And the retail investors are told, okay, because you're artificially or you're, you're, you're collectively inflating the price of GameStop shares, that's not allowed. But what, what is the difference? You know, this happens all the time within hedge funds. And that kind of is infuriating that they have stopped allowing you to take positions within GameStop. Where, where, where's the, where's the um, um, double standards here? Well, there, there is double standards here. That's sorry, what I'm trying to say. So that was really annoying. I, mean, I don't know what you think about that. Uh, well, I think, um, you know, do what I say, not what I do. You know, it's like, um, it's such a typical thing for markets. And, the, and one of the problems is, is that markets are regulated, uh, stock markets anyway. Um, so, you know, there's trading times, uh, the markets are open and close. Uh, there's certain things you can do, can't do. And um, certain apps, for example, Trading212 will, um, if the risk level or volatility is getting a bit too much, they kind of mother you a bit and say, no, actually, you, you know, we're not going to, we're going to not let you trade. So a lot of it is to kind of protect people. Um, but then when people are making conscious decisions like this, it's a bit of an inhibitor. So, um, and like you say, it's a double standard, right? Um, if someone says consciously, I want to drive my car into a ditch um, because I want to, you know, it's my car. You, they, I mean, if it's your land, your car, you should be allowed to drive the car into a ditch. You know, you, you can't <laughs> to stop people. You can't stop people doing what they want to do. And that's what, that's what infuriates, I suppose, you and everyone, right? It, it's my money. I want to do it. I want to invest it. Why can't I invest it? That's, that's I think, the argument is it has nothing to do with protecting the user or protecting the investor. It's all to do with the corporations, the institutions basically muscling their positions and protecting, you know, protecting their capital. It's, and it's obvious, you know, it's happened plenty of times. In the next part of this show, we'll talk more about um, our own um experience of the stock market some some things that we've learned and we could talk a bit also about halal investing and cryptocurrencies because uh, uh, and also I want to mention halal finance as well uh halal finance isn't the same as halal investing but it kind of all plays together all, all sort of in one big bunch definitely um so yeah so we can we can maybe kick off just the beginning of the kind of essentials of what we've learned um, and maybe just some learnings um, um, for, for, for you guys if you're interested in, in, in taking part in the stock market. Um, but the, 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 the big thing that I've learned is just make sure you are not 
make sure you are very much in control of your financial situation right now and that you have clear goals and you you're managing your risk clearly because um you need to recognize risks i think a big part is don't think about how much you're going to make from the stock market think about how much you could lose and if you look at take that and you you really mitigate your risk i think you'll be more successful um because i think one big mistake that investors make is they don't cut their losses when they should cut their losses and they hope you know for example if you've lost money in 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 investing you're hoping for a rebound and sometimes that doesn't come so that's what much my biggest um piece of advice taf yeah i i completely agree with that you know like when when you set up a trade you should be setting up um okay this is my buyer position but what what is my risk management strategy where's my sell position you know if I, if this thing tanks well, tank when we say tanks we mean literally a water tank um <laughs> it goes below you know what what i was expecting then i just have to cut my losses okay i make 5% loss or 2% loss it's better than 100% loss exactly. you know um and that's what i was saying about saying earlier um you're not going to your every single trade isn't going to isn't going to like work out for you so you just have to get that in your mind and maybe then if you're looking to start trading maybe um look at a few different things that um that you know so that that's another that would be my advice don't try and uh like sort of trade in things you don't know about so if you don't know anything about sort of uh i don't know uh sort of plant-based meat products then don't trade in it if you don't know like beyond is a, is a company yeah. for example um don't trade in it because if you don't know for example uh that okay beyond burgers are releasing a new product but they found meat in their product and now all of the people that were buying beyond are not going to buy it anymore it's going to affect the share price you know okay. so if you don't know that if you don't know like the basics about the company what it does and what, what where it's headed you could end up losing money so you say yeah everything from the charts look good and then when you actually make the trade you lose lose money so stick to what you know um and that's that's it i think um let's let's talk more about this in the in the next uh, segment um so we'll be back after these messages and we are back on 94.0 fm we are hanging out with the halal hangouts crew we're talking about investing we've been talking about gamestop we've been talking about how you know we um have a focus really on risk management from the very very <laughs> little time that we've been investing ourselves but but uh, you know we're we're definitely all should be investing for growth and in um, as opposed to taking risks in the stock market and taf made a really good point around making sure you recognize the risks and having a stop loss in essentially i think you focus on 5% that's what i look at as well um in terms of before you start kind of choosing uh your stocks because i think there's obviously uh so you you mentioned it like you you should know your markets is there any uh, specific markets that you look at um oh is there any specific markets that you um are you know most interested in that you analyze um for opportunities yeah. so um aviation technology um really sort of tech companies sort of cloud computing and and general distributed computing 
like anything to do with computers, basically, um, you know, things like Amazon, Apple, um, any technology companies. That's what I know. And I'm, you know, that's my sort of, that's my thing. Um, and aviation is something that I was involved in, uh, you know, about seven, eight years ago now. Um, so I know a little bit about what, what that goes in, what goes into that. So uh, those are the two areas that I mainly focus in. And technology is very broad, right? Things from sort of uh, uh, electric cars to uh, spaceships, you know, those are the, you know, it's a very broad, broad spectrum, but because I'm, a, I'm interested in engineering and technology, I, um, I'm up to date. I know what's going on. I don't know anything about like, you know, fashion lines and stuff like that as you can probably tell. Um, so I try to avoid those. So, yeah, so, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's, um, it's important to have, I think, like an interest in that sector. I, I, I mean, you can obviously make money from any sector if you know what you're, if, if you know what you're doing. But I think having uh, an interest in the sector is, is important because then you will... You know, then you will actually. Um, I think personally, you'd make better decisions because you're looking at the uh, emerging opportunities. You're really thinking about um, how you're investing. You know, your strategy um, for, for, for whether that's to generate an income or through growth. So, I agree with you. And um, the other thing that I think you know, um, we should mention is. Um, you, you if you know the market let's say for example i like tech companies so i'll look at you know your your apples amazons googles um i also like ev right now so with tesla and neo i will look at these um i will look at these markets and understand what my strategy will be so is it a, a bull market i.e is it uh, um, the share price increasing uh, is the sentiment positive or is it bear, which a bear market, which is the opposite share price decreasing. Um, and you need to know your strategies when you're going through those um, waves because the stock markets move through waves. So if you understand the markets, the sentiment, you have an interest, then you can make better decisions. You know, you think, well, you know, Tesla, Neo, EV is the future. Um, I'm going to hold my position. You know, I've got it as a long-term investment. I, I have a feeling that these companies, even if they're overvalued, I think they're going to do well, you know, in the next three to five years. That might be, you know, for example, my strategy. And I, whereas like you said before, if I was thinking about, you know, let's say financial services or finance, I, like to be honest, to me, I, I don't really have much of an interest in it. So I'm not going to be as in tune with what's going on to be honest, because it's not interested. So I might make the incorrect decisions. I might not know when to sell, when to hold, which companies to, to invest in. You know, you have to, it's, it's enjoyable when you know the sector and you know that you're interested in electric vehicles, you're interested in technology platforms. You read about them, you invest time in them, you probably use the company, you probably spend money on the company. So it's, it's something that you're happy to invest in. And I think that should go with anything, right, in life. If you're, if you have your own business, because it's kind of like having a business, isn't it? Investing is like running your own business. If you're going to invest money into something, you want to know the ins and outs. You want to know that where you're putting your money is safe and that you have an interest in that market and you understand how the business might operate. So it's just a, you know, we're definitely not, 
financial advisors and we're de- we're novices like we're beginners but it, i think there's some certain things that you can just take as general rules yeah uh, shift, oh, shift shift gears sorry go on Could I? yeah I was, I was gonna say um let's let's move the um conversation on to the halal aspect you see we're halal hangouts we try and keep things halal. not doesn't always work out that way but you know uh you try your best in life and halal finance is and halal investing is a, is an interesting topic. It's like um, I was at a talk uh, about ten years ago, five years ago now, uh, five years ago, and uh, Sheikh Usman Taqi, who is one of the lead financial scholars in the world, um, was was there. And one of the key things that came out in that talk, it wasn't actually from Usman Taqi himself. Um, it was from someone else in that talk. They said, if the Muslims in this country were as careful with their halal, with their finance, so they stuck to halal sort of financial products and things like that, um, as they were with halal meat, the industry would be completely different. The landscape would be completely different to where we are now, where, where there's only a few, uh, there's only a few uh companies that offer halal finance products like so for halal loans etc cetera, etc cetera. so um that's th- that's something that really resonated with me um and that's what i wanted to start with um, but then i wanted to talk about halal investing and i wanted um you shares to kind of uh maybe let's let's start a little dialogue around you know how you pick your uh pick your your uh stocks because halal investing is is just investing but looking at things that are halal and not you know the companies are halal and they do something that not you can never get 100% but you know like 85 90% of their what they do is is it works within your ethic ethical framework so like you know just kind of what do you do to to kind of pick uh pick stocks how do you kind of go about that uh it's a good question i mean to be honest i am not um i mean i'm 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 I'm, when i pick stocks the first thing i am considering obviously is who am i investing in and um but my portfolio when i do invest is quite diversified so it's different types of companies However, I I and I I think what works for me is being diversified, but but not being in too many markets or too many sectors that you can't kind of keep your finger on the pulse. So when I say diversified, for example, within tech and electronic vehicles, I will have you know a number of companies, but within those two market sectors, um, and I might have you know a couple of others like within retail, for example. But I will try and stay clear of ones that don't um, align with me ethically. Um, For example, you know, obviously tobacco or alcohol or, you know, um, financial, certain financial services, those kind of industries where, or within entertainment, there might be certain industries. So those type of industries I won't invest in. Um, And and that is because of what you say, like I try to keep, I try to keep a recognition or a moral compass as to where I'm investing my money. Yeah, it's the same with you shopping, right? You know, there's a at the moment one of the the biggest trends is 
sort of uh, ethical shopping, fair trade shopping and organic and, and, and looking at where is this meat sourced from? You know, were, were the children, were children used to produce my t-shirts, you know, um, where they pay them like 10p a day or whatever it is. So that, that it's, a, it's, a, it's something that we have the privilege of living in, you know, the top 95th percentile of the world, you know, 5% of the world, sorry. Um, so we have that uh, luxury. A lot of people don't, but, you know, you do. So um, if, you, if we're doing that for what we buy, then uh, as in like what we're wearing and eating, then there's no reason why you shouldn't do that for what you're investing. And there's, there's some products out there that kind of uh, help you in these. Have you heard of any sort of like um, halal investment type pr products that just take all of that sort of due diligence away and then just, you know, manage it for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, Wahid Invest is one that is 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 quite uh, popular right now. They've got, you know, like over 150,000 clients right now, which is phenomenal. Um, I mean, they're a halal investing app. Uh, and we know some of the brothers that work over there. Um, and, you know, they, they, they've got some really good um, recognition on, you know, on some some big um, uh, mainstream news sites. You know, you're talking Bloomberg and Forbes and, and Yahoo Finance, which, you know, big players in the game. So they've got um, they're building their brand, you know, and, they, and they're really penetrating this kind of halal investment market. Um, they basically have like, I think a hundred pound minimum investment. And then you can, you can basically invest into their portfolio. So they have like, um, uh, I think quite a varied portfolio and, and you can, you can, uh, invest across their portfolio. I, 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 am not sure if you are aware, but, uh, or not, but I think you can't choose the companies. I think they have like a, um, they have like a, a risk profile. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. don't they don't really say what they're gonna what they're gonna invest in. So they you kind of trust them to manage yeah. that whatever they whatever they invest in is ethically sort of aligned with you. Yeah. Um, so they give you they give you like a few different um, risk profiles. So for example, if you want to be very conservative, they'll go for long positions in like uh companies that are very well established or also they've got like sort of financial arrangements in property and stuff like that that they can invest into so they have a very wide range of, of potential investments that they'll put you into so for example they'll they'll put you into a share of a, a property and then you'll get you know in, in a yeah. very very sort of lucrative area and you know, it's almost guaranteed to get some sort of uh, return back on the investment. And then they've got another sort of, they've got a scale. So you've got very conservative, conservative, aggressive, very aggressive. And they're very aggressive. They give you this uh, thing on their, on their website where you can kind of like chart where you are. So if I invest £100 today, where am I going to be in 10 years? And they show you a long term because they're trying to let you know that this thing is going to be a really sort of long term goal for you. It's not, it's not going to be uh you know we can't re guarantee returns within a week so it, it's oh, yeah i mean yeah. i guess with anything you can't ever guarantee returns i guess on anything yeah. right in life but i think yeah i think that's a i mean it's a probably uh, an easier way for for those that aren't you know familiar with with investment uh to and and, and are, are obviously want to do it the halal way to, to invest i think it's a really good popular way that to do that uh i think etfs is something that um 
exists uh, as well, which is, um, I, I mean, if you're quite passive, then of course, you know, you've got an access through an ETF, which, which gives you kind of access to different sectors and markets and stuff. So I think that the diversification of that is, 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 is something that really interests me about what they do. Um, so yeah, so how much time do we have, Taf, on this segment? Oh, I think you're... Classic 2020 quote, I'm on mute. Yeah. Um, I, we have about three minutes left of this. Three segment. minutes. So why don't, we, why don't we shift gears and start talking about the uh, crypto marketplace? Do you want to give everyone a quick definition of cryptocurrency? Because people get bamboozled when they hear about this. Yeah, it, it, cryptocurrency is a decentralized, uh, decentralized asset that um, you can use um, to transfer um, a value to uh, other people. So I'll go with that definition. It's just a way to transfer money between one one party to another really quickly, and that that transaction being recorded in a public distributed ledger so everyone knows that you know that transaction happened and that's where we're going to go with cryptocurrency crypto assets and uh, are very much like companies and their projects uh, so there's many many out you must have you would have heard of bitcoin which which uh, was launched in 2008 2010 the network was was launched and um its goal is to provide a currency that can be used uh, uh, to to transact um there's other projects like Ethereum, whose goal is to allow a open source network uh, of, of uh, smart contracts and, and other systems to plug into the Ethereum blockchain to produce sort of a, a, an open source uh, way of transacting. Um, there's, uh, there's others, the newer ones, um, which are, for example, Polkadot. Um, it's a new uh, blockchain uh, crypto asset that is it promises to uh, allow multiple blockchains to interpolate as in connect together so you can see there's very there's, there's loads of different cryptocurrencies and like like stocks um, there's an emerging sort of trading um, of of shares which or currency uh, or tokens in the, in in the case of crypto in the crypto world that's happening uh, right now so I don't know uh, I think I might have uh, overshot with the technical explanation of that a bit, but um, I hope you get the gist. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts as, a, as someone that kind of understands what it is, um, but is not sort of maybe as technically involved as I am? Um, what, how do you feel about um, cryptocurrency? Where do you, what, do you, what do you think about it? Um, should we continue in the next part of the yeah. show? Yeah, so we're going to we're going to talk about on that note. We'll talk about cryptocurrency in the next part of the show. We are back on ninety four point zero FM. You are hanging out with Altaf and Shaz, the Halal Hangout Boys. We're talking investments. We're talking GameStop. We're talking cryptocurrency. We're talking Halal investing, Halal finance. Let's talk about cryptocurrency. The question was, you know, obviously good definition from Altaf there, but what is I guess my thoughts on on cryptocurrency. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I actually the first time, I mean, I heard obviously about um, Bitcoin first. I think that was my first um, 
kind of, I guess, uh, buzzword <laughs> that I heard <laughs> around cryptocurrency was Bitcoin. Um, when I first heard about Bitcoin, probably like 2015 or 16, um, I had zero idea what was being um, spoken about in in this space around blockchain specifically and cryptocurrencies. I was very, very uh, naive and uneducated. To me, I actually, to be honest, thought this is some kind of hype. You know, this is some kind of digital currency which has been hyped by the by the geeks, you know, by the by the nerds in this space, such as yourself, Taff. <laughs> and I thought, okay, you know, come on, like to the layman, to me being a layman, I, I you know, I, I'm not I'm not understanding the underlying value of 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 uh, Bitcoin. The, then obviously what piqued my interest was the fact that the price of Bitcoin was increasing and fast. And I was hearing about people becoming millionaires through through ownership of bitcoin and people losing lots of money as well so i thought okay you know i need to investigate this and found out that actually what was most interesting i think you explained this to me quite a few times as well was more less the cryptocurrency that is interesting but more to me anyway the reason the the the, the business case behind it like why was this invented in the first place right and it was like you said, a decentralized currency or referred to as the blockchain. Now, the blockchain, you know, you can explain it better than me, but essentially it's, um, and you, 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 know, you, you said it's a ledger, a decentralized ledger. Um, it was kind of first um, um, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, Nakamoto. correct? Yeah. Back in 2008. And he really wanted to uh, design something where you didn't need to sign it off essentially it was kind of like having um a timestamp on something uh, like you know on, the, on i guess you could call it blockchain in this instance but you didn't need it didn't need to be signed so that's what became decentralized about it but it was fully trusted as a um as a technology and he created it and it's stable it's decentralized it's very very in it's pretty much impossible to hack and I think that's what made it, you know, that's what gained the momentum, right? And that's what's helped it gain momentum is not just the fact that it's called Bitcoin and it's a decentralized cryptocurrency, but the underlying value of it exists, you know, and I think it's something that in the future, people are going to take even more notice of. I still definitely believe we're in the early adoption phase of blockchain. Yeah. So that's what made me interested. And then I thought, okay, you know, you're investing in Bitcoin. I thought, let, let me not miss that train. <laughs> yeah. You know, like everyone else, like, how do I get on the train? And I, I invested in 2017. I invested. We both invested. We, we it, it dropped massively. And I think there was the following year, there was a lot of uh, negative press, I think, towards Bitcoin. And as we know, um, news catalysts move price of stocks massively and it also moves the price of blockchain massively it's all at the end of the day it's supply and demand it's also a sentiment who what are you willing to pay for a bitcoin and we went through that kind of turmoil 2018 of damn we've lost 75 percent of our investment but then this year it's like whoa we're suddenly green again but massively green and we're 
happy. And I think why did we stick it? Because, you know, you made some decisions with me that this is a fundamentals. The fundamentals of this are solid. Remember, I referred to Tesla and Neo and and uh, Amazon and Google and these companies I invest in because of the fundamentals. I know that in the long term, they're going to improve, increase in value. So same with blockchain. I thought, well, okay, Bitcoin is going to increase in value because the technology makes sense to me. Now, I'm not saying, and, and, and so far, that's been the case. I'm not saying everyone does that and everyone needs to be that in tune with what's going on with blockchain. But I think that if you're going to make an investment, don't just buy Bitcoin because everyone else is buying. Don't be a sheep, right? Because um, while what the, the, you know, there's a phrase that, that, that you know, uh, that it's around, you know, while, you know, while they sleep, we eat, right? Because people who are sleeping on Bitcoin, there are people who are investing in Bitcoin, understanding the future of Bitcoin. Be one of those people. Don't be someone that is a sheep and that is following a trend just because everyone else is doing it. Really understand the value of Bitcoin because that's what in the end made my decision and that's what made me hold. I could have been one of those guys in January of, of 2018. I was like, Altaf, we need to cut our losses. We've, you know, I even said it to you a few times. I go, should we not just like cash in? Not, not even cash in, should we just not take the loss, (laughs) car losses, but it ended up being the correct decision. So, uh, you know, and that's, that's all I really can say about it. I think in terms of the future of, of, of blockchain and cryptocurrency, it's the future. It's the, of course it is. I mean, we're seeing so much negative sentiment towards the finance, financial institutions and towards the governments that having something decentralized, um, where you're not, you know, it's not being controlled by financial institutions is a massive advantage for everyone. However, my big caveat is don't be surprised if some people come in and try and regulate this because you can't, like, it doesn't matter if it's decentralized, in my opinion. If, for example, out of tomorrow, someone turns around and says, well, yes, yeah, decentralized. And yes, we can't touch your wallet. Right. But if we ever catch you with Bitcoin, you're going to jail for a year then what yeah yeah you're move country that's entirely it and and we've seen um, some regulation already happen with the securities commission and and um you know if, uh, for example there's a exchange so if you wanted to buy a crypto you could use something like coinbase uh, coinbase's kyc um requirements have increased tenfold so uh, they're really strict on that and they also are they can share that information with um, various tax agencies. Um, so that that you know that brings us closer to uh, that brings us closer to uh, you know a regulated market. You know it's not going to be the same as the stock the stock market, but it'll it'll start to get you'll see some regulation. And one thing about what you said about the future of of, uh, of currency. I think about two weeks ago, a football player was bought using Bitcoin. Um, so like, you know, there was a football transfer. I can't remember the name. It was for some mediocre club, uh, maybe Spurs. Um, but th- there, was, there was a football player that was bought using Bitcoin. I still dig there, mate. <laughs> um, but, and the reason being because the transfer was almost instant. Within five minutes, they, they moved like millions of pounds like millions 
So, and, and in order to do that in, through the traditional financial systems, you can imagine how much headache that would be, right? Shifting a million pounds from one account to the other, they're gonna ask you, why are you doing it? We don't have it right now. Can you wait? Uh, can you sign all of these things? Are you under duress? You know, all of those questions and you'd have to sign a million documents and, you know, it'd probably take you a couple of days to do that. But literally it was within a few minutes that 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 transaction happened so that that's where the future is yeah i think the pace of blockchain uh the fact there's no intermediaries i think you know the fact that it's decentralized it hasn't been hacked you know it, it's going to be um more lucrative than say your your commodities um i think all these things i think all the all these things are weighing in its favor right and i think that um it's it's already had such it's already a global phenomenon i can't you can't you can't not be able to stop this train right it's already full speed so um i'm excited about it let's move on to the final topic which is halal finance i know that you wanted to talk a bit about that yeah first question to me is what is halal finance exactly so halal finance is a way to borrow money um, in a halal way outside of traditional sort of interest-based lending where you have like a mortgage, for example. There, there are options for Muslims, but then they traditionally haven't been great. The, the biggest player in the market is Arayan Bank, who are a, uh, you know, a global sort of Qatari-backed organization. But there's, there's new players coming in. There's Gatehouse Finance. There's Way Home. There's... Uh, where the, the, the kind of model is different. Way Home is slightly different in that they buy the property for you, then they rent it to you. And they have a, a criteria that they have to meet and they have a set number of properties and you can choose one of their properties. They don't, you can't just go to them with the property and say, I want this one. So the, the, the idea by, behind the Islamic finance financial model is that thinking about property um, or this is talk about property, they'll buy the property for you and then give you a share and then rent the rest of it to you. Um, and that's in a nutshell, that's how it works. Uh, so, and there's, there's um, a good website, um, Islamic Finance Guru. I don't know about the name, uh, but you know, he, he talks a lot about Islamic finance. So, I think it's uh, brilliant that there is Islamic finance available. I think that it needs to be much more widely available. I think that it's very difficult for Muslims to, to easily, um, fund you know their whether that's a home or a car or whatever for islamically um because of the options lack of options for me it's like there needs to be so much work done in this area to to, to get more products onto the market uh because i'd certainly be interested in things like you know home loans and uh hp you know finance yeah. like, things like that you know that's like look how big the car market is is for for finance right now uh, leasing is obviously an option, but let's say you want to buy a car out. You don't really have an opportunity unless you pay it cash to do it halal, right? Strictly yeah, yeah. halal. So yeah. it's like, you know, seriously, I, I hope that there's there's movement in this uh, area. And, um, you know, um, th this could be really, really um, lucrative as well for businesses that want to get into this. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, we're starting to see see some change so hopefully i mean we we did a show with uh kestrel who is a islamic finance app um you know 
we need more innovation in this field absolutely um so on that note all to all everyone out there we need more innovation in finance and we're going to sign off any last words Shaz? Guys, go to Halal Hangouts on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, subscribe to our Instagram, type in Halal Hangouts podcast to listen to previous episodes of our podcast, and we'll see you next week.